0: Defended by Simmons. Is this the tagging? Battleborn Phantom. Blue Jays Podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua and Selmo joined by my co-host, Nicholas Veloce. Nick, this is the first time we're recording since the heartbreak. We both needed time to reflect on the season. It hurt to talk about the Blue Jays right up until almost yesterday. It was actually this weekend. I finally felt a little bit more comfortable diving into things. They did make a very big transaction in extending Schneider for another three seasons. That's the main priority of today's episode. But Nick... How are you doing? Um, You know, it's been a while, man. And that last game was certainly heartbreaking, was it not?
1: Yeah, you kind of hate to see things end that way, especially not even taking a single game in the playoffs after a whole 162 marathon. Um, Look, uh, people are giving Schneider a lot of flack. We'll get into it a little bit more later. But there was really only one wrong decision in that game. Um, You know, you can blame whatever you want and, like, realistically like he trusted guys who have been there all season doing the job um i don't think he was even panic i think he just thought that that was the right decision um but like you were saying uh it's unfortunate to see the season end the way that it did um uh, i think they had a lot left in them i don't think we saw the best version of the jays at all uh you know it was it was it was really unfortunate but you know i think there's still a lot of positives to take from it and from what i've heard around the league there's a lot of additions that could be made that would be league changing in my opinion
0: (laughs) i think we both know who you're referencing um we'll get to that towards the end we'll have some fun but you know hold on before we really start let's talk about your november campaign you know the month's just starting november's a month that me and you both um you know take seriously in regards to men's health and november and stuff like that you're starting your own fundraiser so i want to give you the floor here as we kick off this episode to kind of tell the listeners and, you know, give them from your own voice of mouth, like about the organization and stuff, how they can donate and support you.
1: Yeah, sure. So my, uh, my team here at my school, uh, McMaster university, we are, we run a fundraiser basically every year through November, um, just kind of raising money. Uh, we do events and stuff here, but you know, for the uh, I guess the exterior or the external environment around us and the external, uh, you know, just, people in general, we try to raise as much money as we can from those sources, uh, just because, you know, we think it's a very important month that a lot of us back the, uh, you know, the whole idea of it. You know, I know myself personally, like I've been touched both personally and then also people I know that are close to me by issues like certain cancer types, right? Like colon cancer, like testicular cancer, even like mental health, right? Mental health is a massive thing right now. And the thing is, we're talking about it, but I don't think actions, enough action has been done. All right. We're in the right direction. We're moving the right, you know, we're moving, we're taking the right steps, but there's a lot left that can be done. And I want to be a part of it. I think people that are running it with me want to be a part of it. So like my, uh, my co-host here, Josh was, you know, nice enough to do. I mean, he already donated. I'm so grateful for that. um, You know, I already expressed my, uh, my gratitude towards that, but, you know, moving forward, like, you know, we're going to have a link, uh, you know, on our Twitter Uh, If anyone feels free, there's no pressure at all. Uh, You know, we're just trying to spread the word. Um, Because again, even like, you know, even if it's not money, like, um, you know, attention, any attention that it gets is just as important in my opinion, right? I'm not huge on donating, like in terms of like importance. Like in my opinion, if you can't donate, if you can just share it around, that is just as good. Because at the end of the day, I just want to help impact people. That's all we all want to do. Because, you know, you never know how much it means to somebody else or how how such a little action can affect somebody else but in reality like it can be life-changing for some people so you know it's just our attempt to try to give back uh and make a positive change in this world right because especially with a lot of negative things going on it can be hard but you know i really think that this is a good movement and you know anybody who chooses to support it whether it's sharing donating or even just listening to us right any sort of those things like and, and even just checking on people you know that are close to you and having those kind of conversations and being that support system like it's all very important so if you guys could take anything away from what I just said it, I'd be more than happy because that that that's all it that really matters but once again if you guys do want to donate there's a link in our Twitter bio uh and you know we might mention it maybe one more time we'll try to like I'm not here to plug it and make money like again it's through November I don't make any money from doing this uh my co-host doesn't make any money from doing this we just want to make a change and if you guys want to be a part of that uh, then you know you're more than welcome and we would be much appreciated so thank you
0: well said perfectly said you hit the nail right on the head um you know it's always good to help you know others around you and i really love what you guys are doing so you know in any ways that i could support you like you already mentioned i'm always going to be there and i also think it's cool to mention that whoever does donate to nick that listens to this podcast we are going to give you a special shout out mark my words we will definitely do that so kind of a little bit of an incentive to help the community and help all of us around. Uh, You know, like Nick said, it's a topic that, you know, it gets a lot of attention, but trying to move that process forward. And I'm here for that all day, every day. And it's really encouraging to see we have people like Nick in our communities uh, with his friends doing stuff like that. So, you know, if you have the time, check it out, we'll be tweeting it all month long. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a good organization and, you know, there's, not much else really that you can say credit to Nick for doing this, but let's go to the first topic of this episode. And, you know, obviously Schneider's the big one. Um, But let's go to something just before that. And, you know, we're kind of going to dig back into that horrific game, but Nick, is there any positives you're taking from the series?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's well, the, the positive I can take is that it's experienced for everybody, right? I don't like, I think we've mentioned this in the podcast a bunch of times. In my opinion, the 2020 playoffs does not count. That was not a real playoff environment. They shouldn't have made the playoffs. A lot of teams shouldn't have made the playoffs. They got bounced in two games similar to this, but this one hurts a lot more, I can tell you. And I think, you know, a lot of it is kind of just reinforcing that, like, you know, it. it You know what, let me backtrack because I know exactly what I want to say. This has taught me and this positive is that you just want to get there. Because if you look at the Philadelphia Phillies, they're now in the World Series. They fired their manager just like us. They only won 87 games, 88 games. So what's important is having the health of all your guys, having, you know, just enough firepower. And secondly, is you know that we have a foundational core that we can build off of, Right. So now it's just about making the right moves. We got there. We know we can get there. We've proven that in the last two years. So we are more than capable of getting there. And now it's about getting over that hump. There's, you know, um, there's a multitude of ways we can do that. Uh, we'll address that. You know, whether it's, you know, uh, rotational in the bullpen, if it's management, we'll get into all that kind of stuff. But we can get there, and this team is not old. So we will get there again. I'm almost sure of it. Right, we want to improve off of that, but the me, the sheer fact that we can get there means we have a shared like we have a chance to win it, and that's all you can ask for every year, right? So I think there are things to build off of. There's a lot of things that didn't go well, but it's experienced. Manoa got his first playoff start. He didn't do too bad. He had a rough inning, but that was about it. He actually pitched very well, in my opinion. The offense didn't show up in game one. Uh, you know, game two, Gosman pitched very well. You know, guys like Boga, reps. I mean, look we'll talk about that controversial play later, but in all these circumstances, like guys got experience and that's the most important thing in my opinion.
0: Yeah. And, you know, scrolling all over social media after this happened, the series against the Mariners. There's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of hate on the young guys, you know, Bo Vladdy stuff that you don't want to see on your timeline, but there's been, there's been some heroes in the Jays media, you know, credited John Gibbons, what he's done, that show that he started, love it. I'm a routine, um, you know, listener and of that show that he has, The Given Show. He needs to get on sports tonight because his insight and what he can bring to, you know, Jays fans that aren't really in the loop on the personal level. You know, there's players, there's, you know, me and you, we both have experience with the game we played growing up, but just people that haven't really just loved the sport, what he's done was just awesome. And, you know, there's the other narratives where it's like, was this best for this team? And you know, at first, I, I kind of neglected that comment. And I was like, no, like, what are you really trying to hint at here? Right. But then you, I started to to like read all these like certain threads and stuff like that. And there's a consensus narrative out there that this team needed this. And you know, at first, I thought it was just you know, straight up criticism, you know, the hate, right? We see it with all the Toronto sports teams. Oh, they needed this. They're like the Leafs now. Look, they, they, like, they they still got a long way to go before we consider them in the Leafs territory with first-round exits. But I, I I kind of see what people are saying now. Like, this team needed to feel this kind of heartbreak because next season, you know that now they know. Like, there's, like, the haters are like, oh, this team needed a wake-up call from the cockiness. Like, no. Like, this team has swag. They're fun to watch. They're a badass baseball team when they're on their game. They are, you know, amongst the best. What Vladdy did... You know, at certain points this season, the three home run game in the Bronx, to me, that's not talked about enough. All we hear is about, oh, Vladi had a struggling season and, you know, we didn't see anything from him. And was his first season of fluke that we saw, you know, when he was close to getting MVP? Like, to me, there's so many good moments this season that has just been so neglected after this playoff series. And, you know, right now, when I'm reading these narratives, like, I kind of like – what some people are saying about how this team needed a bit of that motivational spark. Now, like this year, there was a lot of last year. We saw the trailer this year. We're going to see the movie talk, right? With a Vladi in his quote. I love that quote. I still do. I don't care what people say, but as you can tell, I'm a Vladi guy. I love both too, though. Um, But you know, this team, I think next year, they're going to be hard to beat. I think management got a wake up call as well. I think now they know the blueprint to success in the postseason. They've had two attempts now with this Vladdy and Bo core and both have been really upsetting opening series, you know, one against the can't, I'm not even going to say their name. Can't stand the team that plays in Tampa Bay. Um, And then the second one came here against the Mariners, right? So the Mariners credit to them, good young baseball team. I was at game one. I have to say Julio Rodriguez, you know, as much as I want to hate the guy, that guy is such a friggin' awesome player, the way he can play the game, the way he just has so much fun, love Julio, but Credit to the Mariners. Obviously, they got, you know, knocked out the next round. <laughs> you can't make it up when Ray uh, got pulled into that game against the Astros and gave up that moonshot. But, you know, this is a team that they were good, right? The Mariners were a tough team on paper for this Jays uh, roster to beat. And, you know, I, I think that there was a lot of, you know, overlooking how good the Mariners were. But the Mariners are a team that, you know, they had the blueprint to success in the postseason and then they ran into a hot Houston team. The Houston, you know, I, that, you know, are they going to win the World Series right now? Who knows? But um, this is a team that I think they could take away a lot of stuff from, right? Like Vlad, like that bullpen to me. Let's, let's get your thoughts on that. The bullpen. Let's go there right now. Well, like do you think we are far away from making it? Because at one minute it looks like this Jays bullpen is super strong and it's a lead and it's up there with some of the best. And then there's times where it looks like it's amongst one of the worst.
1: Yeah, look, I think the best way to put it is that they're good, not great. Um, like we kind of went to this playoffs. I don't know if you saw the rankings, uh, but they had the Jays ranked as the worst pitching staff, com- like you know, overall, uh, in the playoffs. And when your rotation uh, features Manoa, Gosman, to a lesser extent Barrios and Stripling, I don't think the starting rotation was the reason that they were ranked the lot, la- like last place. It was because that bullpen isn't to the level of the other, you know, competing teams. And yeah, okay, that bullpen's probably still better than half of the bullpens in the major leagues. But half those teams aren't in the playoffs for a reason. I mean, no better example than this this World Series right now. Philadelphia can't touch the Astros' bullpen. Nobody can touch the Astros' bullpen. The Astros' bullpen was the reason they got here because the Astros' offense hasn't been great. Yorlan Alvarez is hitting under 200. Right, it, it's clear to me that this is the biggest hole, and we can talk about this in other episodes about how it—it's a development problem, or it's not signing the right guys, or whatever it is. Right? It—it's a hundred percent clear that this team's ceiling is capped by its bullpen. Now, this isn't to say that the bullpen decision was the reason they lost that whole game, but I'm saying in terms of winning a World Series, it takes a lot more than like two shut down guys and then a bunch of guys who can pitch to contact and get out of innings. What do you think?
0: Yeah, no, they definitely need more to the pen. And you look at teams that win, like you said, the ones that are amongst the best are the ones with the strongest bullpens. And, you know, we've talked about it all summer long, how this team needed more swing and miss in there. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of moves they can make. Do they kind of go for, you know, cheaper end options to kind of hope turn into, you know, big, Pieces down the line, do they go out and spend? Do they make a trade for you know a bigger name? There's going to be options in free agency, pitching wise. You know, starters and bullpen arms. They're going to have to get creative um, because you know down the line here, Vladdy's going to need an extension. Same with Bo. Um, but you know, right now this team, I think you know all pieces. Well, all the core pieces are in place offensively. It's all about pitching, and I think they really have to prioritize pitching in the off season. I think they need a left-handed bat preferably with power um you know just imagine how good this team would have been if they did bring in schwarber remember that was the heated rumor uh around the lockout time was how you know the jays were a surprising team in that you know race um you know if they could have landed schwarber wow right like left hand bat with tons of power obviously you know the pitching was ultimately the thing that kind of cost their season but if this team did have that bat who knows? Maybe they win the division, right? And then we don't have to worry so much about this two game little series. I do think this Jay's team, though, is more built for a routine playoff series, you know, not like a little wild card one where it's three games. Like, I mean, the full playoff extent, you know, five game series, having the depth in your rotation. If Barrios can bounce back to form, how good is Ryu going to be when he comes back? I do think we're going to see Ryu come back, right? I think it's going to be towards the end of the year. Where he's mostly going to throw junk, you know, junk innings, work out of the pen a bit. I think they're going to try and work him as a starter as we get to the end of the year. Maybe he makes the playoff roster or not. I can see them giving him a one year kind of deal after, right? Just to kind of prove himself, maybe, um, because he's brought in a lot to this Toronto market. You know, he was the big name in free agency that signed here that kind of kickstarted the whole turnaround. Without him in that COVID season, there's no way the Jays make the playoffs that year when He was almost, uh, you know, one of the best pitchers in baseball. So, I think Hunjin Ryu is, you know, a name that's not talked about a lot these days. Obviously, he didn't have the best year, but I think down the line next season, you could see him make an impact. If Barrios can return back to form, and I kind of have this feeling that he is, like, I don't think it's a hot take. I think you probably agree too. Like, when you're this good at a sport, you don't just forget how to play, right? Like, we don't just you know, fall off a cliff where like, he's really just hanging baseballs up. Like he's a good pitcher. Um, You know, there was times this year where he looked great. Like his strikeouts numbers, he was just super streaky and inconsistent. And, you know, if he can bounce back, I think that kind of helps your bullpen in a way because you don't have to worry as much, right? You can maybe put you know stripling back in the pen if you do go in and get a starter maybe you can save some financial money instead of you know targeting a starter i think they need a starter but maybe you get a cheaper starter now and you can move some of that money that you're giving to Barrios now and allocate it to the bullpen uh you know in terms of replacements like Barrios, he's not going anywhere right he just signed that large extension i think he's going to open up as maybe the ter- the the team's third or fourth string starter in the rotation. um How's he going to do performance wise? I can see him having a nice bounce back season, but do you kind of see what I'm saying? How like Barrios emerging can help this team a lot in the pitching categories?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think if I don't want to you know, speak crazy here, but I think if Barrios is better, uh, you know, this team is definitely, you know, more in that division race down the stretch. Now, mind you, if you really dive into the numbers, they won most of his good starts and then lost all of his bad starts. And that's why his record wasn't that crazy. And that's why, you know, he wasn't actually abysmal. Like, you know, people were acting like he got shelled every outing or he got shelled like majority of outings or they lost the outings that he pitched decent. Like, no, anytime he pitched decent, he they won. And he pitched decent half the time. It was just that the other half were so abysmal that they had no chance. But so like the improvement won't be crazy, but if we can get more consistency, which that's what he was known for prior to this, like it just makes us a better team. It puts less wear on that bullpen, um, and you know it just sets up the pitching staff a lot better moving forward. Which will be you know it'll lead to more health um, and not having any waste guys, and then not, not having to add right because you don't have to add if you can go in with Brios being a, if you could tell me right now Brios will be a top twenty starter, top fifteen starter in the American League. At that point, you no longer have to trade for a starter. You can find, you, I mean, you, you, I don't know, from what I've heard, Stripling isn't coming back. Um, I've had a source close to me tell you that it'd be, he'd be surprised if Stripling came back. It's not even about the money. The guy just wants to go to Texas because that's where he's from. But if you do have a fourth starter of some sort, you can really just toss away that five spot and do whatever. Cause then at that point, you'll have three top 15 starters and you can focus on that bullpen. That's just my opinion though. Um, but if that's what Brios can do, it opens up flexibility in that rotation because then you don't need to uh, kind of upgrade that five spot as much as you think. What about you? What do you think?
0: Yeah, no, I know, and that stripling point does make sense. You know, wants to return the, the you know Texas needs pitching, so that doesn't seem too far fetched. they'll, they'll but... pay him.
1: They'll pay him, and he's from there. Oh, so it kind of just lines up that way.
0: Buddy, they will pay anybody right now. It feels like after what they did last off season. I'm excited to see what they do this year. You know, I like like I said, right? like, we recorded the raptors episode just before this i'm a dallas guy so when you listen to dallas radio you dallas cowboys so when you listen to the dallas cowboys radio they talk about the Mavs and they talk about the texas rangers and you know the rangers they sound like an up-and-coming team right like nathaniel lowe is a guy that i like um you know you go down the whole roster they have they have power hitters nick Solak's a guy that i'm hoping to kind of emerge you know i i I don't love the team, obviously, off past experiences with the Jays, right, in that era with Bautista and stuff like that, but I don't hate them either because we got the better of them, so, like, I really don't care. It's a new wave of team, a new wave of a team, and they have some young pieces, so if Stripling does go there, I wish him the best. Obviously, I love Simeon, so, you know, I'm i hoping that they kind of get a little bit more competitive, and I'm also sick and tired of the teams in their division, you know, remaining such good status and always seeing them in the postseason, so I'm kind of low-key hoping that the Rangers do start to pick it up but you know I agree and Barrios is a guy that I'm never going to bash because like you said he was so consistent that's what he was known for coming to the Jays and he had a he had a bad season like it's okay to have a bad season right like you know if you have a 13-year MLB career not every year is going to be your best not every year is going to be good it's going to be about how you bounce back from that if he comes into the season gets blown up very similar to last season. That's when I'll start to get frustrated. But, you know, maybe it was just a one-off. Maybe it was bad on an injury that we don't really know of. Maybe it was the pressure, right? Maybe there was so much hype around this team after what they did the year before that he kind of got nervous as the ace. I was at the home opener, and that was a very tough start to the game, giving up the home run to, to Miller. Like, the stadium just went silent. And maybe that was just working out some nerves. He seems like a guy that's, you know – collectively cool but maybe that he just had a a tough season and there's you know he's human right all these professional athletes are human maybe this year just wasn't you know his best maybe he was struggling confidence wise which is something i think you know firsthand as a pitcher if you're not confident yet you're still being thrown out there every five days it could be tough right like you're not really excited to play the game this is baseball it's supposed to be fun and this is a team that you know they have fun we saw them have that team party like the vibes when they made the postseason. This is a team that, you know, they have a good morale, but sometimes things got too heavy on them. And, you know, when you're a young team that has so much hype, they were the second – weren't they the second favorites to win the World Series in terms of betting odds last season? Yeah,
1: right? right after – I think it was – well, not even just betting odds. Like, in terms of power rankings, if you looked at any major network after they made their moves, like, they were second ranked across the board.
0: And, you know, to me, that that's kind of crazy because this team lost Robbie Ray – And then they lost Simeon. And we talked about this, right? We thought that they were going to, you know, drop off a couple wins. We didn't think the offense was going to, you know, struggle as much as it did at certain points. But this is a team that still had success at certain times. And I feel like there's so much negative narrative around this roster that it's crazy that this team just had the season they did. When we had, you know, I'm not going to name names, but we had reporters and TV media people here in Toronto, you know, criticizing Vladdy for his play at the plate. But yet, look at the numbers. Like, those are numbers other teams would love to have a guy like that. If those are his struggling numbers, give me that. Like, next year, I have no doubt in my mind that Vladdy's going to be even better than what we saw this season by a long shot, but might even be better than the year before this season. And these are young players. Sometimes on and off seasons happen. It just blows my mind how much negative criticism this team has been getting because they lost – and don't get me wrong, there's no excuses for that Seattle Mariners collapse in game two. That is awful. It's embarrassing. Leaf level bad of a collapse. But, you know, this is a young team. So much stardom. You know, the prospect pipeline. They still have good pieces. Like Tiedman. that guy looks great. And, you know, credit to management, but I would have loved to see them get more aggressive at the deadline last season. This is the only area I'll criticize – what Atkins and Shapiro did I thought that they could have went for more although Merrifield was a bigger addition towards the end of the year right like once we got closer to playoff time he really started to emerge offensively and you know hopefully they get a little bit more aggressive this offseason but right now let's talk about Schneider and you know this is the main part of this episode the Jays decided to go three years with Schneider you know some people love this move. Some people can't stand it. There is, you know, again, media members in Toronto who said that he collapsed in the playoffs and that he fell on his face and, you know, pump, turned into a pumpkin when it mattered most. And then there's, I kind of feel like the more logical section of, you know, just reporters in the fan base that kind of says like, hey, this was the right decision. Um, Nick, I'll let you shoot first. I think we know where I stand on this. But what was your thoughts on the Jays bringing back Schneider for three years?
1: Look, that change in management was the reason they made the playoffs. Uh, you know, in my opinion, at least. Um, honestly speaking, like if you really want to dive into that decision, we can. Or sorry, that yeah, the decision he made, we can. But people seem to forget that, like, that wasn't the game tying home run. That wasn't the game winning home run. They had a massive lead after that. Anyways, it it literally took the most improbable, unlucky hit with the bases loaded and two outs to tie the game. Like that doesn't, that that play doesn't happen 99% of the time, 99.999% of the time. Like, you know, if that blooper doesn't fall, we're having a different conversation, right? Yes, he probably should have left Gosman in there. I agree with that. But, you know, the way he managed down the stretch was the only reason that we, you know, we made it this far. The way he shuffled the lineup, like riding hot hands, he did a perfect job of that, in my opinion right? Like, you know, he was able to manage guys, um, you know, and he got Merrifield his reps when he needed to. And that's why we saw him pick it up when it mattered most. We, he Maryfield won us games down the stretch, uh, you know, that we probably shouldn't have won just on, on the back of his, uh, whether it was a home run or whatever it was. And, you know, that's credit to Schneider getting a guy in the game that he thinks can make a difference, you know, well in advance of that so that he's ready for those spots. And, you know, I, I don't hate it. I think it's fine moving forward. I think he did a good job. The guys like him. I think the guys respect him and the guys want to be with, him. I think the guys want to play for him. Right. I think that's um, a common opinion. So I, I think it's a fine decision. I'm okay with it. I'm not going to lose sleep over it.
0: Honestly, to me, it was, it was the right move. You look at options outside, who were you going to really bring in one and two, he's the most familiar with the guys in the clubhouse. He's one been in a competitive manager, with the core that came up with the Blue Jays. Obviously, you know, we're not including, the, you know, Springers and, you know, the guys that weren't on that journey, but he's, he knows Vladdy. He knows Bo. He knows these guys. He is the perfect manager, in my opinion, because I feel like he has more of those John Gibbons vibes where he's going to hold his players accountable no matter how good they are, no matter how good of a season they're having. You are going to have your role. You're going to be, you know, always, you know, Brought into this, you're going to be included on everything. Basically, he's not a manager that's going to, you know, ISO his players just because they're named and stuff like that. You are going to be held accountable. We saw him do it with Barrios, not giving him a shot in that playoff series against the Mariners. We still know if he was going to pitch game three or if it was going to be stripling. You know, there was debates. Maybe it was a piggyback start with Manoa, but no matter what, I don't think Barrios was getting into action against the Mariners. And that just shows you that you know in my opinion i think if montoya was still the manager at the time and we got into the posies and i still think you would have seen Barrios perhaps even get game one room to run with it um and work your way out of these problems where schneider's more like okay how are you contributing to what part of this team and if you're not the best available at the job that they need done then you're not going to be the one for that job he's going to look to the guy next to you I think that's what's good for a manager like Schneider. He's still young, right? For, you know, a full-time manager now, you know, getting the whole runway to manage this clubhouse. I think next season, remember, he got thrown into this, right? Like, I think a lot of Jays fans forget that, and they're very harsh on how the Seattle series went. But like I said, it was an unprobable hit, very unlucky. We had Springer going out with some serious elbow injuries towards the end of the season. Vladi wasn't at his best, but was up and down. There was a lot of stuff wrong with this team and Schneider managed his way through it. And he showed me that he can work his way through adversity um, this year so far. And I'm excited to see what he can do next year. Like I said, he's going to have now the whole off season to plan with his staff, how he's going to attack this season with this team. Obviously I think he's going to have, you know, some good conversations with Atkins and Shapiro about what he wants in here. Obviously there's certain styles uh, that he prefers to play with than what how montoyo did remember there's gonna be new rule changes as well how does he adapt to those it seems like next year is gonna be a lot more high scoring uh major league baseball you know the lower pitch clock and you know the bases are growing in size but still i think this was the right move i don't think it made sense to go out and find an option from the outside because you bring in an option from the outside you're just throwing that wild card right like How is he going to mix with Bo and is this going to work with Vlad? Like, no, you know that Schneider works. You take that gamble that you know that is probably going to give you the best odds without these question marks enough. I'm sick and tired of the question marks with this Jays team. Okay, this is a Jays team now for, you know, three seasons. Now we've kind of been, you know, chucking paint at the wall and seeing what sticks, Um, you know, now we know. Vladdy Bo, like we have the core. Springer is a huge contributor to that. Chapman, he started emerging. Um, you know, along the along the run, he's one of the better players offensively. To end the regular season, how does Barrios bounce back? You know, are we gonna get Hunjin Ryu back? Manoa, we like that was an unexpected you know ace out of nowhere. Really, if you th- if you think about it, last season, right? Like, who really thought Manoa would have came up and would have been the ace now in literally what a season and a half? So. You know, Manoa, that was an unexpected piece. Like you said, you think that we're losing stripling. So without that, that it's going to ride on Barrios, Randy. We, I'm sick and tired of taking these risks. We know what we have. It's time to build around that. This is a team that now it's not getting any younger. The window's just starting to open. They've had two crushing first-round exits. Uh, one to, you know, I'm, again, not going to say the team, but the team that plays in Tampa Bay, and they've lost to the Mariners. So, How do they work their way around it? It's going to be an interesting offseason. I'm hyped for it. I think this Jays team is, you know, still one of the most fun teams to watch in the sport. And Vladdy and Bo, I think they're going to have massive seasons. But let's let's go to your little hint at the start of the episode. I've been running my mouth here for a long time, so I'm going to send it back to you. But there was some rumors yesterday on social media about a Shohei Otani trade. And that's what I'm going to ask you. Shohei Otani to Toronto. The rumored offer that I saw here, um let me pull it up. It is Bo Bichette, a player that me and you both love very dearly. Ricky teedman Alejandro Kirk, and, hold on, and Manuel Beltre. Would you do that?
1: Sorry, one more time. So it was, Bo it was, the- the- Bichette. The- yep.
0: Ricky Teedman, Alejandro Kirk, and Manuel Beltré.
1: Look. This, this there's only K. There's one thing I'll say with that where that's concerned. If you make that move cuz this is another rumor that's been circulating that uh, that, you know, I'll let you think like, you know, get a saying on. If that move is made, the Jays should cuz they have the money to do it. Should be getting Carlos Correa, like a hundred percent in my opinion. That that should be the move they make after that because they can afford it, and that package doesn't kill you. It 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 doesn't. I would love to keep Bo. I would love to. I just don't know what. Because again, I'm assuming that if you're giving them this package, that means Otani is willing to sign an extension, and in which case, like you can't match that value. But I don't know what other way you could make this deal without giving up Bo. If there's an extension in place, I would love for that to be the case. Like if you could slip a Relvis and I don't know, like Lourdes is expiring. So I don't know if they didn't want that, but like Lourdes and something else, like I was like uh like a Relvis and something else, but I like a Relvis I, I I don't know. But if there's no other way than to get Bo in that, then to, you know, to have Bo in that deal, I'd still have to do it. Given the window, given all these things, I, I still have to do it. And we have not developed pitchers well. So I don't want to bank on the fact that Tiedemann is going to be a surefire ace because we don't know. Manoa came up in a year. That's why he was so good. We have not developed pitching well in years. So, yes, if, if that's the only deal that's on the table and there's no way to wiggle around it with a relvis or whatever, and Bo has to be in it, I think you still have to take that deal because Jansen and Moreno is enough behind the dish and you have to go out and get someone like a Carlos Correa or something. What do you think about that? Because they can do it. They have the money and if they just are willing to spend, which I've heard they are, that's that's your picture perfect offseason.
0: Man, <laughs> never once like did I think that I'd be okay with a bow trade mock, but like, how do you say no to, like, arguably the like the greatest player of all time if you really want to, you know, pump his tires? Otani can hit. Most talented
1: player to ever touch a baseball, and that's just it.
0: Yeah, Most like, he, he can hit, he can pitch, both out of – like, he is something else. And I love Bo, like, I do. Like, I have my jersey hanging up right beside me right now.
1: My favorite player, and, man. Like, it's it's ridiculous. Like, that – but you're right it's like, great value that's what
0: i mean like me and you both love this guy a tremendous amount and like wow like i can't believe that like i would do that just because like you said if they are willing to spend they go well and they find a short stop how do you say no like this you're gonna have vladi you're gonna have Otani, you're gonna have another like to me this core that is a core that sets you up with the Dodgers on an every night basis, sets you up with the Astros, you know, no matter what team you want to look at, you want to look at Atlanta. I think that is the start to a core that we're talking dynasty. Almost you have Laddie, you like those two alone are maybe the best hitters in the American league.
1: You and know, not to right mention, God. Sorry to interrupt, but not to mention that your rotation for the next five years or whatever, four years or three years becomes Otani, Manoa, Gosman, Rios at minimum
0: like that's insane man that this is like franchise mode stuff like <laughs> this is you know it's it's really hard to turn that down and yeah you know, i think it's actually even closer to the point like would the angels even do that like with the season like that Bo had and to me with Bo, it's actually like i'm gonna make the comparison to across um you know the, the street actually to the maple Leafs. he kind of reminds me a lot of mitch marner bow like you know there's the people that love him Like, mean you love Bo, like, we will defend him in every mean necessary. And then there's the people that, like, can't stand him and think that, you know, he's not the right fit here. And it's the same stuff. Like, Vladdy's kind of like the Matthews and you know, Marner and the Bichettes kind of style is, they're kind of like that number two that, I guess, is always the subject to blame because of the bias. You know, I guess the number one option gets. But, you know, I I think Bo is tremendously underrated. And a lot of people talk about his defense, but, like, I don't think people understand. You ask – like, I did this as a joke the other day. I asked one of my friends. I was arguing um, from school, and I was like, so give me your top five shortstops right now. And then he named – I was like, okay, give me your top three because I kind of agreed with his top five. And he named, like, Tatis and Bichette. And I'm like, okay, like, I love those guys too. Like, you know I'm, like, as big of a Tatis fan as there is. But, like, Tatis is not good defensively. Like, you just named all – like shortstops that are monsters offensively and that's what I mean shortstops you know that's a position that if they have an offensive you know skill set to their game where they can be one of the leading contributors to your team that is what gives them significant value and that's why I tried you know arguing a lot of times over the offseason remembering how good DD Gregorius was for the Yankees that year with his home runs guess what he was paid a tremendous amount right And, you know, like I said, it's just the offensive ability that Bo can bring. That is why these shortstops are valued so highly in the modern game, is because that offense, that home run power ability from your shortstop isn't common. You go look outside on the market, besides the top end shortstops in free agency right now, you're looking at a lot of guys that have maybe, you know, eight to 10 home runs. They're more contact guys, more speed driven. Like, do you see what I'm getting at? Like, how much the offensive skill set within Bo is so valued in the modern game
1: yeah look uh well primarily I just want to make it very clear because Bo gets a lot of slander like you mentioned he gets the most probably the most blame eventually especially like especially about the play that happened which if anyone knows if there was nobody calling that ball there's nothing Bo can do about that he just has to commit to it if no one called that ball that's not on him people who claim that have never played baseball before because there's no way you can honestly believe that a that a player is gonna just keep going if he hears someone call the ball. He, there was nobody who called that ball, or he couldn't hear it. Anyways, Bo gets all that slander, but without him going absolutely nuclear in September, do we make the playoffs? I I don't think so. What do you think? Just quickly, what do you what do you think? Um,
0: like it's close, man. It's like he. Cold. Maybe by a game. Like, there's no. Like, like, dude, like he had
1: 400. He had 400. And he, and, he, and he hit, like, I think it was like eight home runs or something. It was ridiculous. It was like something. And ridiculous. don't
0: forget how he killed the Baltimore Orioles when that, how big of a series that was.
1: Yeah, of course. It was, it was, it was, it was season changing. Anyways, like you were kind of mentioning, your top five shortstops right now. I, I look, do we even include that he's a shortstop anymore? Like, he's so horrendous at defense. I don't think he's even a shortstop anymore. <laughs> okay, not like, know. Like he's but I understand what you're saying. Right now, like. <laughs> I, I understand. But, but yes, what, you, what you're talking about, and look, I will give you that. The Bose defense is definitely on the lower end of shortstops. But if you, if I name you five shortstops right now who I think are my top five, you have Trey Turner, and this is in any order. This is just my top five right now, in my opinion. It's And this is not including Tatis because I don't know if he's shortstop still. I got Turner, Correa, Bogart, Seager, and Bichette in any order. That's my top five. And the common thing is they all absolutely rake, Right. The days of having a defensive first shortstop on a contending team are gone. It might even be early enough to say Jeremy Payne is a top five shortstop in the MLB. I don't know. You're seeing what he's doing. He's a, he's He has the gold glove and he absolutely rakes. Dansby Swanson, basically a platinum level defender, but he absolutely rakes. Like, you have to hit to be a good shortstop. Now, if you want to slide Bo over to second base, that's another conversation. Bo Bo's bat should not be criticized. I hated during the season when people did that. Because people want Bo to be a different hitter than what he is. Bo's gonna chase. Bo's gonna strike out. Bo's gonna strike out ugly. But Bo rakes and we saw it. He's capable of that. So if he is still around next year, I would not be worried. If you want to say that he should move over to second, I mean, he has a, he has a good arm. He has a really good arm. It's it's just the glove that's the, the main issue with him. But if you want to say you want to go ahead and get like a Carlos Correa or you want to get one of those higher echelon of shortstops, I would agree that that's a good move. But to disregard and to keep blaming Bo when his bat is honestly a top three most important bat in the lineup, and it played like that for parts of the year, I, I think it's just unfair you know, like, I think guys like Teoscar and Lourdes deserve more blame if we're looking season-long, given that... I mean, Lourdes had his wrist injury, which I'll give him benefit for, because he hit well for average, but there was just no power to be found. But outside of Kirk and Vlad, like, who really had an excellent hitting year? I, I don't I don't really see anybody who was consistent.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, when you are kind of describing Bo there, you gave me a little bit of PTSD to my playing careers and, you know my glory days of being the uh you know (laughs) best at the like the most like the way you just described it that literally was me growing up like I was gonna strike out. I don't even care like the bat would go fly on my like I was a mess at the plate but once out of every 20 pitches like if I got a hold of that baseball I don't care what if it was gone I could strike out the rest of the game just the fact that i launched one of them is like that was it for me and i think that's why you know i never made it to the levels that you did because i was just all for power and that's all that mattered like i was one of those guys where you give me a 090 average as long as i had like a home run to it that's all that mattered and you know the way you describe but like that is true man like that's the way baseball is nowadays it's all about the offense and the home run is the you know the new cool thing of our generation. and rightly so, I guess that works well for a guy like me that loves the home run. and that Bo can bring that. And there's teams that like clearly prioritize that, especially from a, a shortstop that's young like Bo the, and you know Bo, I don't think that gets enough credit for like he can still hit for contact too, at certain points. like remember, I think it was what game was it this year where he fouled off like twelve pitches or something? It was like a ridiculous count where, like, he really worked one of the pitchers. And then at I think
1: the... It was
0: it was, was it the Yankees? And then he Yankees ended up getting on base after it all, and then the Jays win that game because of that. Like, Bo that's doesn't weird. get enough credit sometimes. And, you know, it's sad because he's a star. Like, if you gave him to a different team, like, let's say we sent him out to the Oakland Athletics or the Pirates or the Orioles, a chief team that's not really looking to spend right now. Dude, Bo Bichette would be, like, some superior like franchise legend. He'd be and number
1: one on everyone's trade target list.
0: Exactly. Like, it's crazy how much we take for granted how good Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. are. And You know, I'm seeing this criticism everywhere now about Vladi after the series. Oh, he was he too happy and energetic that he hugged the guy, one of the Mariners at first base. Are you kidding me? Like, I want to swear so badly when I read that. Like, what? <laughs> like, that is who he is. Let these players... Be who they are. Let them have fun. That's what makes them so great is, you know, they can have fun while playing this game. In the most high-leverage situations, in the playoffs, it looked like Vladdy was just, you know, he was just calm, and he was himself, and that's what you want to see. When you have players that grip their bats too tight and they look a little anxious, like the team across the road in the Toronto Maple Leafs I'm going to bring up again, that is where you get into troubled waters. And right now I think this team is – Luck wasn't on their side. The Mariners are a good team. I don't think they got enough respect. They were a great matchup on paper. Uh, the Blue Jays were for the Mariners the way the Mariners like to play. And you know, you got to give it to them. They they won that series clean. And you know, there's a lot of talk about the dirtiness towards the end with the, you know the hit by pitching and stuff like that. But credit to Seattle because they they played hard. And you know, that is a team that maybe the Jays look at the way they're built as kind of a blueprint, right? Like that back of the order for the Mariners were contact guys like Adam Frazier and like batting at the end that's a great player to have batting at the bottom of your lineup because he's a guy that's going to get on base and if you have a guy on base and you have the top of your order coming up you know whether that is Julio Rodriguez or you want to go even Haniger when he came back after his in- injury guys that can easily put the ball over the fence that's why that team won so many games and they gave some teams chaos and they weren't just a pushover for the Astros so would you look at the Mariners kind of blueprint for this team heading into the offseason?
1: I mean, yeah, look, the, the blueprint for the Jays is actually very simple. It's it's get more swing and miss guys in the pen. And then maybe just touch up that rotation a little bit. The office was fine down the stretch. I mean, I can't think of anybody notable who's up after this year. Um, I mean, you know. Next year, you're gonna have problems when Lourdes and Teoscar are free agents, or I believe I think they're both free agents. I believe, or they can be offered uh, contracts, whatever they have to, you know, offer qualifying offers or whatever it might be. But you know, you're fine for this year. Uh, you know, offensively, if you wanted to make an addition, you know, you can never have too much hitting. But you know, the blueprints, it's it's very simple. It it's finding good value relievers. It's it's honestly paying for relievers. We just it just has to be done. Um, I mean, the Mariners are a fantastic example of a well-built team. Um, you know, they've got a strong bullpen, a good rotation, and they've got a, a lineup that can hit just enough, right? They're not an overpowering offense, but they have guys who can come in and get the job and score a couple runs. The value is in their pitching, right? They got, they got Castillo, right? They have Ray, they have a uh, Gilbert. They have, um, who am I missing? Who am I missing? I'm missing one um no no, i can't remember but they have that pen the pen's great um so yeah like clearly they have their pitching sorted out and that's kind of what the jays need to do if you look a lot of the teams that are here and like i mean exception are i guess like the phillies kind of made a run without a, a deep bullpen but all their bullpen arms have performed for the most part and that's the thing right like could you uh expect the Jays bullpen to be to, to rise to that occasion. Like was Zach Pop gonna be able to throw you, you know, three ERA baseball through the playoffs? Probably not. Right? Probably not. Um, so it's it's about finally just you know sucking it up and paying for these relievers because we need them. Um I don't mean I don't know if you saw um the stat. I don't know if you were watching the World Series game yesterday. I was watching the the whole thing, but they showed a stat. Um and It was lowest ERAs by a bullpen in a playoff run. And at number two, they had the 2016 Blue Jays. I was surprised. I was shocked. But it just goes to show you that, like, that Jays team was a better team or had a different feel to it than this team now. And I guess the reason that, you know, I used to feel so confident in that Jays team is because we had a good bullpen. That bullpen was, you know, obviously it was led by Osuna, um, and I believe Brett Cecil was still around at that time. So we had guys like that who would come in and shut the door.
0: But, yeah, Cecil.
1: Yeah, this dude. I guy. I was a big Cecil guy. It was just he tore that. He tore his calf, and that was kind of it for him. But
0: yeah.
1: Um. But no, like they like the difference in that team is that that team hit like this team, right? And I would say they're about equal offensively. Like that lineup had better had a better big three, but this lineup is you know better spread out top to bottom. But and this team's better defensively and this rotation is probably better than our rotation 2016, but the bullpen makes all the difference.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they need to just, you know, pony up and pay some relievers. And that's it. Mm-hmm.
0: One thing here as we get to the end of this episode is last topic. And, th- you know, we're talking about bullpens right now. And that point that you made, I agree for sure. It's the best teams in the league always have top end bullpens but there's a pitcher i'm surprised we haven't mentioned yet that is yusei kikuchi and you know he looked like he kind of got things a little bit worked out coming out of the pen making a lot of money as a reliever i i really think they trying to work him back into as a starter um but is kikuchi a guy that you would be comfortable with in the bullpen um for next season
1: Look, I don't know. I honestly like if he shows improvement, they probably give him another run as a starter in that five spot. Like I said, if Stripling goes, they probably pick up another like starter for now, and then Kikuchi probably gets the five spot back. But you know, maybe you see Mitch White take that five spot. Maybe they don't even add anybody, and they would have Mitch White, Mitch White, and uh, Kikuchi as the four and five. I really hope I don't have to like watch that. I really hope that's not the case. But, you know, that's definitely a possibility. I don't think we'll see him start out of the pen. I would be shocked. Like I said, they're paying him way too much money um, for that to be the case. Like, if you're going to pay $11 million for a reliever, you can basically get any other reliever in the MLB, and I'm going to tell you that 90% of them are probably better than you take Coochie out of the pen. So they're paying him to be a starter. He's going to start. Will he end up back in the bullpen? It's possible. It might even be likely. I'm not, you know, excited about his outlook, but... You know he has his stuff, so you never really know.
0: Dude, I'm not gonna lie. When you said that, like, wow, like just trying to envision Kikuchi and Mitch White as the four and fives next season. Or, it's
1: so. horrifying. It's 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 absolutely horrifying. Wow, wow. And then
0: we still don't know like what like what burritos we're gonna get to. Like on top. Oh man, that's stressful. Like, but wouldn't like it would not it would be the most Jays thing ever. If next year Kikuchi and Mitch White are just somehow actually just okay, like they're just, just competitive,
1: just, dude. If they can be like good, not even good, if they can be solid, and I'm talking yeah, like,
0: usable, <laughs> like a
1: low, like a low four ERA, yeah, like that'd be that'd be light years. Like that'd be a fantastic, that that'd be fantastic reality. No, nah, it's not probably gonna probably not gonna happen, but I welcome it.
0: To me, it would be the most jay thing ever. You know, the media is constantly bashing these guys, <laughs> and next year, they just say like, "What's up?" Like they're just completely okay.
1: We we can't even be rough on the media though. Like anybody with eyes can see that those two should not be in the rotation. I'm sorry, but that's just the reality no, situation. No, like it was it was
0: bad at certain points. Like bad, like major league level. Like wow, like like <laughs> I'm laughing just getting flashbacks of the summer and you know just how those starts went then but
1: i tried we we tried to rationalize a lot of the moves and we tried to like
0: we did especially the optimistic
1: about dude mitch white man i was i was looking for every advanced analytic that would possibly make it seem like he had something i mean it's possible but it's like he he didn't give me a lot to work with that season let's put it that way did not give me a lot to you know uh grow that confidence
0: a lot to work with the guy didn't even give you like no
1: one start maybe
0: (laughs) oh man i'm gonna say this though if you're if your lead on stripling leaving is correct mitch white better get his you know what out of his you know what because that is kind of why they brought him in is to be that next version i guess that inning eater out of the pen long term but he fell on his face After that, those like first what one two starts one start half to be honest, yeah like it it, was bad. It's gonna need to be some major fixing for Mitch White, and you know that's a problem. I think we're gonna talk about on our next episode. Um, It was good catching up with you again, Nick. Obviously, it's been a while since we last recorded this pod, but I think we're back in regular fashion now. After we took about you know as much time as we possibly could. Do you get over that very heartbreaking loss because i can tell you that this i did not think that game was going to go that way when it was eight to one like dude i'm not gonna lie like i will fully admit that as a fan i like kind of like took my foot off the gas kind of doing some stuff around the house after and i'm like what the hell is happening so it's a wake-up call for me too definitely you know a wake-up call but Next, is there any last thing you
1: want to say uh, on this episode? Um, I think I think we touched on most things I wanted to touch on. We're definitely gonna be back with a lot more episodes moving forward. Uh it might be more spaced out now that we're kind of done. Um maybe we'll do like a World Series episode and just talk about the World Series and you know a little bit less Jays for That's once. That's a
0: good idea. Yeah, that'd be fine.
1: But um, but now overall, I think there's there's definitely a lot of talking points. It's a it, there – it wasn't the worst case scenario let's be honest like if we miss playoffs again it's probably a way worse outlook than what had happened it's just like heartbreaking because you know what this team's capable of um but there's so many interesting directions we have the money to spend it all indications are that we're going to spend it so prepare to be linked to some very big names for the entire off season that's all
0: i'm excited looking forward to it thank you guys for listening again to the battleborn blue jays podcast I'm your host as always, Joshua Insamo, here with Nick Valach. And that is it from us here at the Battleboard Blue Jays Podcast.